When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're back with more of the Lauren Julia Show. My talk 1071 Everything Entertainment. We recommend not putting off buying tickets to Project Down Dirty, the comedy show. If you do, you might find yourself on the outside looking in. Because they are going quickly. We've already uh, filled over 70% of the seats. We're recommending buying them. They'll be getting scalped on StubHub. That'd be, that'd be oh, cool, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be? Because what were two words are the are comedians' favorite words to hear? Sold out. Oh, you sold told out. us that yesterday. That's musicians. Musician, yeah, yeah. I'm but sorry. Not a comedian. Uh, see? Look at how bad mm. we're going to do. But it's it's my talk, Project Done and Dirty, yeah. the comedy. There are still tickets available. It is going to be Friday night, a fun night, October 5th. It's less mm-hmm. than a month away at 7.30 at Mystic Lakes. <laughs> the look on Lori's face when you said the date. <laughs> oh, I know. It's right around the corner. I know. It's scary. It's scary. You can't be scared. I get to be more scared about this one. Well, of course you do. But I mean, we are, I mean, what's the improv going to be? Oh, please. There's going to be so many of us on the stage. Yeah. Well, we don't know. Who knows? I mean, you can't make people sit for four hours. Oh, no. This is going to be a 90-minute show just like we like them. Okay. I put in that request because then I'd like a bathroom break. (laughs) I'm just doing, if I don't pee myself up on stage first, um, but you just go to my talk, type in keyword comedy. Okay. So I listened to um, Steve and Donna giving technical support help this morning to a woman who kept trying, who was trying to buy the tickets. Did you hear this? And so she's trying to buy the tickets and it says put in a promo code and she kept putting in comedy. And there's no problem with cold people. You, it's keyword, keyword comedy. And then when you go to buy your tickets, just avoid that little box. Because people were having problems with it. So I just thought I'd help out a little bit. Yeah. Sell some tickets. We want to sell this thing out. It's going to. I know it. It's going to. I must have been a genius the other day when oh, I was when on When you my said thing. that? I said that. It was just like, I know people rolled their eyes here in the office at me, but I have faith in... People that like our our show and stuff, and now, well, now that I have a chance to drive in the horrific traffic conditions that happen on a daily basis in the metro area, I can see why people are very fond of talk radio. For I, there's only so much music you can listen to if you are at a dead, you know. Lori, you're so funny because Lori has a six minute commute. <laughs> And, and has for 16 years. And so those of us who really drive, Lori drove to bowling last night, which is on the other side, west. So she had to be in the car for more than but, six I mean, minutes. But you're right. Talk radio. 
I've just always been a fan. Yeah, like I want someone. It does help if you are in horrific traffic. It, there's something anxiety. Um, release. It, it, it's a release. It's a release. It, it, takes, it doesn't feel. It's something else to focus on. Yes. And at least you're kind of, you know, laughing away. So, I mean, I or, just, I really felt that we would, you know. The laughing tickets. at us or with us. Yes, of course. Of course. Okay. No, uh, do you know who Miss Havisham is? Yes. Donnie? From Great, Great Expectations, Expectations. Oh, Pip. Sorry, Julia. Mm-hmm. Well, Miss Havisham. Okay. And Pip was another character in Okay. That. Mm-hmm. If you would like to hear Miss Havisham realness on Quaaludes, I would like Donnie to play, Can I play her? Mariah Carey and her new oh. song. Because it sounds like she's in a milk bath on her second bottle of champagne to me. She's very... Um, she goes through two different octave ranges to start it. She whisper mumbles, and in the little tiny little clip that she that we and Donnie posted it, she's got a new song called GTFO. No, I, I couldn't post it because of the language. Oh, that's right. Okay, so but, we just have the audio, but yeah. she's replaced the microphone with a wine glass. Oh, I and, like how she rolls. And she's Let's not just usually get straight to the point. She's not usually a potty mouth. And I had another I, blonde mo- moment today when I had to ask Donnie, remind me again what GTFO means. Well, I didn't know either. <laughs> okay. So I, I looked that up and I, I think I sent that to you, Donnie. Like, we need to get the audio on this. And I'm like, GTFO. And then I listened to it and I'm like, come on. On because well, she's not potty. She's she not... never has a potty mouth. I don't like people swearing. Well, let's listen to this All right. song. All right, and is it a yawn or a yes? Well, or it's what completely way? different than any of her other music. She told us that last week. I know, but to me, I shouldn't have said that at first. That she sounds like she's in a milk bath on the second glass uh, bottle of champagne. But I think it's because we're not used to her whisper mumbling singing. All All right. With marbles. We cleaned yeah. it up for you. How about you? How about you? I like this already, though. Damn. You took my love for granted. You left me lost in this enchanted. Bulldoze my heart. That's the chance. You planned it. My prince was so unjust. I'm not done yet. I know. That's where Donnie just cut it, right? Because it's how about you, GTFO, right? And she sings it. Here's the thing. She is over the unreliable billionaires that have been in her life. She is over the backstabbing managers. Yep. And all the other menacing people in her life. Listen, I, she, she, I bet it's, I, I like. This is her I first kind of like it. album under her own label, Butterfly MC Records. But this is, her label is also associated with the Carters. I know. I with know. Jay-Z, because that's her new management company yeah. and everything. I don't mind this. Yeah. I have to admit, yeah. I don't mind it, but I really was offended, not offended, bumped, because I'm so sick of hearing swear words. Which this will, well, it's I guess pretty, it'll get radio airplay because it'll have the cleanup version. Yeah, but yeah, but exactly. it's, it's very yeah. pretty. And then all yeah. of a sudden, she, why don't you get the bleep out of here? But she's, 
Why don't you get the beep? I, I got a Janet Jackson here. Yes. You keep talking over me. Yes. Can't you hear? Did yeah. you get a Janet Jackson vibe, Jim? Oh, I my did. God. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. It was kind of the high. Yeah. And then she goes, yeah, Yeah. the whispery, Mm -hmm. the whispery thing. That's what made Mm -hmm. it. Okay. So let's talk about this. Scooter Braun. Oh, I uh, thought this was interesting. uh, A show and he was talking, he was getting real with the host of the show and they were talking about, and Scooter Braun basically manages one person, Justin Bieber. Yep. You know, he might have another one other person, but. He picked well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he certainly did. And he told the host of the show, there was a time when I would go to sleep almost every night when he had the money to fly away from me and I was worried every night that I was going to lose him. That was the time when I was telling him he's not allowed to work. He used to yell and scream at me and he wanted to put music out. He wanted to tour. But I thought if he did that, he would die. So I just refused. We weren't making any money. It wasn't like I was trying to take advantage. I just didn't want I didn't want him to work. I wanted him to get health, healthy. And he, I thought he was going to die. I thought he was just going to wake up or not wake up because he had so much crap in his system. Right. What? So anyway, he. Uh, well, he said that he tried it his way for like a year and a half trying to. Did change. he say what substances no, Bieber but, was on? No, which no, but he said he was really worried and that um, probably he failed when he miserably. Was, well, remember when he got busted in the. The the, uh, the um, brothel yes in Brazil they yes stopped the tour he wasn't allowed in the country some other place yeah. he um remember when he was doing the crazy fast driving with his dad all over Florida and all those things yeah but he said that I couldn't make it work but it I'm wasn't surprised a- that Bieber didn't fire him usually artists fire their managers I think you know it, it, yeah. They do, well, they and do. I they think just that says away. something about him. Because he said, Justin Bieber said, I woke up one day and said to Scooter Braun, my manager, hey, I need to talk to you. I don't want to be this person anymore. And he made the decision to change. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not seeing him do the bad things. He's just no. going to church, you know, and he's walking around with Haley Baldwin, and he's asking people, I'll give you a little, but give me some space. Yeah. You know, I he's matured, but I think when you're thrown, they kind of say that he... He struggled with substances. He hinted at the pressures of fame, the fan worship, his devoted believers found him in a dark place and he didn't feel like he had a purpose, but he also couldn't complain because he'd been given everything. Right. I mean, he worked for it, but I mean, so when you have it all and yet you complain, you people are like, whatever. Right. I thought it was kind of a good, a good little insight. Yeah, I thought so too. Now, our spirit rock and roll band will forever be Joan Jett because we performed. I love rock and roll. Yeah. uh, So we so enticingly, just so amazing rock and rollers. Absolutely. There's a lot of lyrics to learn. I love rock and roll. Put another dime in the jukebox, baby. Wait, let me say it again. Love rock and roll. I've been singing the lyrics for a long time the wrong way. Oh, remember when we found that out? Yeah, we we were were just like. I didn't know that was the line. What's All right. going on here? Well, Joan Jett uh, is feeling a little deja vu. And she was, after being followed around by a film crew for five years as part of the upcoming Bad Reputation biopic directed by this guy named Kevin Kerslake, Joan is in a reflective mood on a new song called Fresh Start, which will be on, you know, featured in this movie about her. Okay. But the movie is going to 
take her from her the runaways and then being a solo act in the 80s you know i love rock and roll and crimson clover and bad reputation there's going to be all kinds of testimonials from musicians who loved you know Mm -hmm. billy joe armstrong from green day and iggy pop and all kinds of people so let's listen to this and we put donnie posted the video and uh let's listen to this song fresh start You know, Julia, this is my kind of song. I know it is. And the Mariah Carey was your kind of song. I know. That's the beauty of it. It's a good song. I love anything with the hands. Clapping, yeah, Julia, I know and you do. Our, you know, like a buzzsaw guitar, hard, fast guitar. I know so you do. Good, I, so you're good. very predictable that I way. I know. I That's know. That's when we, you grew up. Yeah. I know it. I know it. I know it. All right. Listen, it is time for the dirt alert. I can't believe it is that time. So if you're stuck in traffic, don't go anywhere. We're right here for you. We'll be right back. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. All right, Elizabeth Reese is here. It is time for the Dirt Alert. Hello, friends. All sorts of stuff to talk about today. Let's um, let's start with this story about Naomi Osaka, who, of course, beat Serena Williams mm-hmm. in the U.S. Open. And she is now revealing what Serena Williams told her during the presentation ceremony after the big controversial loss yes. and the fining and, um, from the official. Naomi Osaka... Um, says that she had no idea what was going on between Serena Williams and the referee mm-hmm. during the her grand final at the U.S. Open. She was so focused on her own thing. Right. She um, So she was on Ellen, and she said that she was taught not to pay attention if her opponent got angry so that she could stay so focused. Right. Good, good call. She said, I was looking away, but I heard a lot of people in the crowd making noises, and I really wanted to turn around, but I didn't. And then she said that, um, so she beats Serena Williams, and Serena was quick to comfort her when the crowd went crazy. Okay, I will. I I watched this. They yeah. were booing, and this is what Naomi Osaka said. She said that Serena Williams said she was proud of me, and that I should know the crowd isn't booing at me. And she said, "I was really happy that she said that because she thought that the booing was directed at her, and so she started to immediately feel very overwhelmed by the yeah. situation because she missed Serena Williams' argument." with the umpire. So she didn't know that that's what was going on. And so she thought that the crowd was booing her because she was beating the favorite Serena. I know it. I know. I, I will kind of just say as, as a viewer. Yeah. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Um, I thought Serena went on too long yeah. during the award My ceremony. My said that too. He, she just didn't let it go and it was still about her and this poor girl is bawling her eyes out. Serena was not quick to comfort her. It wasn't right. until really... They went up on stage to get the thing, and she could see her still crying. Yeah. I mean, there was that was a good span of twenty minutes in well, there. This is what she's saying. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, but your brother said the same. I mean, Serena he, was not quick to comfort no, her. That's that's what he said. He yeah. said, "Wish she had not done that because yeah. it took away from it her. took away so but much from." I this. think I think Naomi is going to be fine. I mean, I think she is too. And she's Naomi, gotten like huge deals. Oh, has she gotten oh, endorsement? Deals? Huge endorsement deals. She's really good. If she can play at that level, I mean. It's a new person yeah. to watch. She won $3.8 million. I know she did. She said um, she wants to spend the prize money on her parents. That is a very good uh, Japanese daughter. Mm-hmm. Although she's She's mixed. lived here. Well, yeah. She's yeah, but she's Haitian. Haitian. She's, Haitian. she's also, yeah. also Japanese. And part Haitian. Yeah. And I think um, that was another thing that I was reading about her and hearing that she she wanted to make sure that her um, all of her background was acknowledged. Yeah. That it wasn't because it was all like the first Japanese, Japanese player. player right. But just because her last name is Japanese doesn't mean right. she's 100% right. Japanese, yeah. right? So and, she, and she lived in Florida since she was three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, you know. She's she's like she anybody. was really she's got a beautiful background. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see anybody. I think at that age to be able to beat somebody who they idolize throughout their whole career, and um, she'll like, be fine. Yeah, she will be. But, but it, listen, it's competitive. I mean, you not not everyone's going to behave the best in those super competitive mm-hmm. moments. And Serena was mad, and she's I been mad, it. and she's been mad about a bunch of things, and she has a right to be mad about things with tennis. Mm-hmm. I think with her, yeah. and I think at this point, she's got this baby. She's nothing to lose. She's coming back from having this baby and taking time away from her child to play, and she's like, "This is how it's going to roll yeah. for me." And if yeah. you don't like it, and I'm sick of always having to be the one that take the brunt of stuff and get the double standards for my gender and my race all yep. the time. So, yeah. way to go, Serena. I, I agree with you. Right on, Elizabeth. I just that's thought, right. I just thought in that moment I wanted her to stop. I think yeah. that's fair. You know what's not going to stop? The show Designing Women. The revival is coming back and it's going to be it on really? ABC. ABC gave a script commitment to it. Yeah, so there we go. Look at that. I Wonder, loved designing I, I, I women. Too. Jean yep. Smart and oh, yep. Julia Sugarbaker, Dixie Carter was oh, amazing. Yes, Annie Potts, Potts uh, yes. Delta Burke, the whole thing. So it ran from September 29th, 1986 until May 24th, 1993. And you'll all remember it centers on the lives of four women and one man working together at an Atlanta interior design firm. You know, my mom is a Southerner. She's from Texas and she's an interior mm-hmm. designer. Yeah. So we had like a particular affinity for this show oh, yeah. as a kid just because she just loved the Southerners. Smart sassy writing on it and the women were so incredible it was kind of like 
I remember watching that show and I was like, okay, so that's what career women are kind of looking, yes. dressing and, you know, like mm-hmm. being assertive. And well, and the dialogue was sharp and everybody sharp. loved it. And so the sequel is going to follow the next generation of sugar bakers. They're going to have a crop of new young female designers at an Atlanta interior yes. design firm. But that's still kind of like dialogue. Is and Linda Bloodworth Thomason yep. involved in this? Writing too? it. Okay, she's writing it. Yeah, Good. yeah Perfect. writing I it. I know. It. I think that'll be really fun. I don't have a date on that probably but i just know that they gave a script commitment so i'll keep you posted on if i find anything all right have you been following this lena dunham situation well i there's always a lena dunham situation i try not to okay i I know page six had a story that she calls jack antonoff like five or six times a day oh no and remember two weeks ago or three weeks ago when she posted the baby name list she came across when she was going through oh no is she having some sort of breakdown no she's like I think that's just perpetually her. It's just a lot. And but he's the boyfriend who's not saying to her, I've moved on. I'm getting a new number. We're not going to be friends. We can't talk every day. Man. Well, okay. Oh she is now gosh. very, very upset with this company Revolve. And um, because they put together these sweatshirts. So she was behind this idea. Okay. So she's taking credit for this idea of this this LPA is the brand which is owned by Revolve, this sweatshirt that appeared to be fat shaming and has gotten all sorts of outrage from all corners of the internet. She's saying she didn't know that this company was going to model these pieces on thin white women. And so now she's mad about the photos. So if you see these, like here's one of them that says, it's a quote, being fat is not beautiful. It's an excuse. And that's on a sweatshirt. On a sweatshirt? I don't even understand why that would be on the sweatshirt. Because she's saying the point is to sort of point out the absurdity of being fat shamed. But I just don't understand why we would gain any sort of positivity from putting like fat shaming quotes on sweatshirts. And wearing That are then modeled by tiny thin people. It's a very bizarre situation that Lena Dunham has gotten herself into. I don't know. That's just weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. Because it was people who were directing these horrible quotes at other women. Right. And so it's drawing attention to the and horrible Lena things that Dunham people say. And Lena Dunham is always like, you know, be proud of your body the way it is right now. And yeah, all of she that. went on and, and said, I am deeply like disappointed a- in Revolve's handling of a sensitive topic and a collaboration rooted in reclaiming the words of internet trolls to celebrate the beauty and diversity in bodies and experiences that aren't the industry norm. But this, like, this was a an idea that I think was just kind of bad from the start. And then yeah. it got, went to even worse. Yeah. It went really worse. Um, speaking of models though, um, Rihanna had a fashion show and this model wasn't wearing much in the fashion show. There wasn't oh, like I a saw. lot. Is that the yeah. pregnant lady? She's, yeah. pregnant. She's stunning. The, I mean, she, yeah, she was beautiful. Um, but she, she wasn't really modeling many clothes. But she went into labor right after she walked off the runway. Oh, and they had to take her to the hospital and she had the baby. Was she due? Yeah, I she was yeah. one of the tiniest pregnant ladies I've ever seen She's walk right. naked. It's, it's like... I was, I kid you not, six times that size at that point no. in my pregnancy. And I am not afraid to say yeah. it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Six times. Six times. I mean, I'm like, yeah, she looks like she has months to go. All right. And your theory is? Be afraid, people. 
Don't be afraid. Th- this one is really, I think, is it? it's going to be right up uh, your alley, Julia. Is it? Okay. Well, only because um, your mom. Yeah, yeah. You had children. You had babies. And would you ever hear people always say the thing, oh, these kids are just little monkeys. They just see and do everything that you do. They imitate you. You know, they're like little monkeys. They do what you're doing. Yeah, monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, listen to this. They've done a study, they've done an analysis, and they went to two countries to try and account for cultural differences, and they found that toddlers really are little monkeys, that they share 96% of the same gestures that chimpanzees use to communicate day-to-day requests. Really? The exact same thing. Children use 52 limb and body movements to communicate, and nine uh, and 10 of those are observed in the great apes, the chimpanzees. Monkey see, monkey do. One to, yeah, they, they used one. They looked at one to one to two-year-olds. They called them tiny. They look like tiny little apes, toddlers do. <laughs> and we used the same approach to studying young, champion, young children and young chimpanzees, which makes sense because children are just tiny apes. This is from the... From the researchers at the University of Neuchatel in Switzerland and also University in Hamburg. And uh, they were surprised at how many gestures, though, kids have in common with the ape cousins. Like um, shaking the arm, clapping, throwing objects, rubbing, tapping yourself. Well, because we have the same... You know, there's only so many ways you can move, and they move. Yeah, they they said, for instance, uh, children point more than than chimpanzees do, and they wave their hand for hello and goodbye is the one thing that the chimpanzees don't do. Right. Okay. They don't do that. So they just said, you know, most children, of course, um, they surpass the intelligence levels of chimpanzees by the time they reach four. Yes. So just know that your little apes are just little apes from two to four. Very Anyway, but they, yeah, they call it the chimpanzee repertoire. Very cute. That they have all yep. these uh, Same things. movements. Same movements. So anyway, I just thought, okay, so people who have that theory that their kids are monkey see, monkey do. No, they've got proof. proof. Thank you, Lori. Okay, now this, do you think that when people are in the throes of orgasmic haze that there's a scent that maybe that they're only smelling? Well, yeah. I mean, well, I think this goes all the way back to cavemen, things they say this. It is. We all have throw a scent. That's right. But the reason some women smell better to men than others is your body chemical. And there will be people that don't smell as good as others. And they said, yeah. Like your breath? Or what are we talking about No, no. It's the cocktail of chemicals of all of your scents that makes you smell alluring to other people. Okay, the cocktail of chemicals. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought of it that way. Yes, it is. I like, being, I like that. Experts at the University of Bern in Switzerland. Switzerland's doing a lot of research, a lot of studies. And um, anyway, so they, um, what they did is they used cotton pads <laughs> in their armpits okay. overnight right? to capture Someone's their body sent. odor. Okay. And um, yeah, they just... Found that, and of course, you know what is the what is the thing? What is the what is the finding that you just if you are 
just some people smell like more like just because of their smell, you'd want to have sex with them, even if you didn't or see what maybe, they look like. Maybe you've had sex with them, and then the 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 smell, like even that scent but links trap, it. yeah, the scent trap gets even more. Okay, of and a this was our thing. fear when people were taking away all their pubic hair that they weren't going to have a scent trap anymore. That's right. And this is the theory behind that dating site in New York City where you'd wear a T-shirt and you'd send it in. That's right. And you would be matched up on your scents. Yes, and then like in the first, like if you first start. Uh, dating somebody and um you know and it's early days so let's say you know you've just been dating for a little a little while but you've you've crossed the bridge and you've had okay. sex and you so know it was where after you the smell first date. that's right there you go see bada bing bada boom that's yeah, right we've anyway, already had the first date but they said the first stage of um of a relationship, the butterfly stage. Okay. Which is where you have it. You're spreading your wings. Well, you have intense infatuation and the sexual attraction is so strong that people don't even eat. They're so busy screwing. Um, Damn. That, that, that initial thing is when the both men and women are just the testosterone and estrogen is flowing Mm -hmm. and, they like how each other is smelling and everything is just, that's right. The Magic. orgasmic haze is so strong. Mm-hmm. This is why it's not recommended to run away and get married to somebody within the first three months of dating. Okay. Which, of course, is something that I did. I, yes. yes. You know, it's like, not recommended because you've right. got your butterfly binders on. But now they're binders. Binders. <laughs> I've got my butterfly binders yeah, on. I'm sorry. Yeah. So anyway, so that really, that is just, it is a real thing that where you, you just, that smell. Yeah. So yeah, people who are removing all their body hair. Mm-hmm. But they're, you still sweat. You still have the underarm sweat. Lori. Yeah, there I know. Still is sweat. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's what they're basing this one is is underarm. They did so. use it based on um, so. underarm. We don't have any details about any stories about when people were putting the um, cotton pads, pads in their underwear and sleeping mm-hmm. overnight and then studying it from there. Yeah. They've not yet gone no, to that. That's okay. Yeah, that thing. That's so. for a later date. Anyway, and if you were interesting interested, what comes after butterflies? Then building. Then assimilation, then honesty and stability. Those are the five stages of a relationship. Of a relationship. Butterfly. You know how you always know the five stages of grief? So yeah. butterflies, butterflies building. building, assimilation, honesty, and then finally stability. Where do you think you are? Where, where am I? I'm in stability. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, once you've been married for 20 years... <laughs> And you still like each other. Isn't that funny though that you've been married that long. I mean, I remember. I've, I've never, never thought you could make it that I, far because I got very easily bored with men. Right. I, right. I, and I also was very. I don't know. I just wasn't ready to settle right. down. And I, the society thing, you know, and that is a theory. There is a strong still. Maybe it's not necessarily for people to get married. But there is a strong thing. Yes, to in find somebody and young. to find somebody in your twenties right. and pick. Get, you got to get your person. Right. And I mean, I think that that is still there for people, and and you don't. I don't know. People change, and you know, there's and maybe 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 it is a little bit of a thing because for 
for women, I guess I remember thinking when I was like 27, well, I got to get married. I mean, when am I going to have oh, kids? Totally. You know? No, totally. Yeah. So there is that for, uh-huh. for women. But um, anyway, there we go. Let me see. Here's another um, theory. Okay. Do you think that uh, having sex outside of your bedroom might make you happier in your relationship? <laughs> no. I, you guys have dirty minds. It just means outside of the bedroom. Oh. The theory is move out of the bedroom, not having it with no, somebody no, else. I, I knew no, that. I know. Have oh, it on okay. the living room no. floor. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. I don't have know. it on the counter. It's not, have it in the car. I don't know if this theory has any uh, credence or not because I it think it gets uncomfortable. Exactly. I mean, I'm After sorry. A certain, a certain point, age, you know, have it on the lawn chair. You know, have it on the deck. Have it, um, you know, in the water. Have it in the sauna. Yeah. Have it. You know, there are a lot of places to have it. There's just some issues with this theory. That's the thinking that you, if you don't have sex anywhere outside of the bedroom, that that you're you're not creative, you're not having fun sex. Now, here's the theory. Here's my theory on it. The least preferred places, just off the top of my head sand. No, well, (laughs) sand, definitely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Attics. Oh, PU. Anything with a damp smell, like a closet, basements, gardens. Yuck, thorns. Yeah. I'm thinking the rose bush. Okay, mm-hmm. look at you. Those are yours. Okay. Garage. Um, well, you need a quickie. Yeah, I guess. You know, if you're if in a someone pinch and someone's up. in your house and, and you someone can, yeah. yeah. And someone can hold <laughs> you up. In the car. And you know, yeah, no and, one's going to bust yeah. you in the garage. It might work. You can always take the car for a drive. That's right. And the car seat, you know. I, I had a friend and that was her thing. That She uh-huh. and her husband, because... One of them would have to drive the babysitter home. Sure. And then they knew the other one would be in bed. So after they the would date. Ha- both have to take the babysitter home. So they'd no, stay they awake. would pull over and have sex in the car before, before they, they got, got home. home to get the babysitter and the date to make sure that do they you want to know what that's true? Because I used to think we got to do it before we got to dinner. Yeah. Because I'm going to be tired and we're driving home from Minneapolis or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Do we got to do? Mm-hmm. Make it work in your schedule, people. <laughs> what was the theory there, though? Oh, that you had to be more fun. You had to have it outside. Yeah, of the, the the theory is always though that you got to uh-huh. like mix it up, and there's all this idea that you got to be having sex in all these crazy places. You just should have sex that you want to have. There you go. All make right. it fun. Make it fun. All right. Listen, we come back, Julia. Yes, dear. It's time for us to ramble on about maybe favorite headlines and any other stories we didn't. Who do you think you are? Dream about. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, this is Julia's favorite headline today. Italy's first sex doll, sex doll brothel is raided by police and shut down just nine days after opening amid fears the dolls were not cleaned properly no. after each use. Lily Dolls Torino was found to be breaking the laws. They're investigating whether the silicon dolls are being cleaned thoroughly. Listen. It was the first sex doll brothel <laughs> in Italy. In Italy, they already have. There's franchise opportunities. And is it Turin? 
Turin, Turin yes, yeah. it's up mm-hmm. by Milan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, this is serious stuff. It's a franchise. It's that's what I'm saying. There's franchise opportunity. What's the name of this? Pl- the dolls, Lumi dolls, the Lumi dolls. Okay, the dolls are uh, eighteen hundred dollars each. Pretty. They're soon. said to be thoroughly washed for two, two hours, hours each after each use. Mm-hmm. I what? <laughs> I'm telling is you, going on with this headline. People don't want to talk to people anymore. So now you can screw a plastic doll, and you can Silicon. go. Silicon. Oh, it's even better. It's silicone. It's, it, silicone. silicone. Sorry, silicone. Dishwasher safe. That's right. Um, but you can screw a plastic doll brothel. They have eight different rooms. They charge about a hundred bucks for a half hour. And you can choose you can the outfit. outfits. And, and, and the poses. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the poses. So can you imagine going in? Well, okay, but this style. brothel isn't open at night. It or one other thing. But it cannot accept stags or group bookings. So there's no um And brothels with real people are illegal in, in Italy. Italy. Mm-hmm. But wait but yet you can still be um a woman or man of the night. Because <laughs> that says it down there. I mean, but this is, there's three of them open now. There was one that opened up in that England. That is the creepiest thing. It is so creepy, and the pictures are so foul. Um, I mean, there's like this this life-size doll, silicone doll, mm-hmm. in a white lingerie, mm-hmm. very skimpy, mm-hmm. kind of laying down on the bed with her fanny up in the air, just looking the come-hither-me-a-plastic-doll <laughs> oh, look. Oh, yeah. So I mean... Upsetting. It's so upsetting. It's so upsetting. God. That we had to tell you about it. And that would be the favorite headline. I was so shocked by the pictures. And then someone would go screw it out. In public. And go in. Well, it's a private room. I know it, but did you. Who would, no, I, Julia, I completely. It's only open why don't we business try, hours. Why don't we try and sell some of those Project Town and Dirty comedy <laughs> tickets? We need to sell them. All right. If, if they're for sale right now, people. Well, I think they'll all be gone by the end of today. Uh, they will be. And so if you want to go, they're only $35. I am glad I did buy two tickets for a friend of mine. I bought seven. Oh, you did buy seven? Yes, because. I um, a couple. You had to buy yeah. a couple, yeah, because we just get two. Right, and I didn't know if we'd have them, and I know friends that want to come, and we couldn't buy VIP. No, that was fine. That was fine, but yeah, I was just like, oh, I wonder, you know, I know I'll take Casey, and... And then and I my thought, mom is going. Yeah, yeah. There's all this, kinds of people. Kid. You're going to be the star. Not, not really. Well, you are Maybe doing the really. stand up for well, our show. Okay, but star is loose. I mean, like I will be one of you're the, the stand up comedian of our team. Mm-hmm. Our show. I still. Yeah. I well, we'll see. It's um, people are studying up on this, and I oh. just. I listened to Howard Stern interview Norm Macdonald that entire, I listened to 40 minutes of that because mm-hmm. uh, I had the long drive in traffic and I didn't feel like listening to the replay of us. Okay. You that know? is the, listen, we don't have <laughs> options. I no, we don't have any options. I can't so, stand listening to the replay so of us. So I'm listening to Howard Stern and, you know, he they talked about all the stuff that he was in trouble for, but the thing that I really caught my ear and my attention is that they, because Norm McDonald's is a stand-up comedian. He's been around for a long time. Roseanne Barr gave him his first like writing job. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and he does kind of, he's a very, he always sounds like he's mumbly and yeah. kind of stoner. But um, he and Howard Stern were talking about the comedy grades. And the comedy grades? The okay. comedy grades. Stand-up comedy grades. Okay. And those two were like, it's Rickles. Dangerfield, and then Norm said for me, for the age I came up to, Kinnison. Mm. Because he was just yeah. so 
out there. He would do anything for I the know, laugh. And he told a very funny story about Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield, Dangerfield getting oh. married and on his wedding day, stopping in the middle of the thing to do... Stand up? To, yeah, to do stand up. <laughs> I loved him. And, I mean, and Rickles. And Rickles and, and, and Stearns agreed that there was nobody faster. And he, uh, Norm told the story about James Burrow getting um, awarded like a special Emmy and he's the guy he directed everything, you know, friends and all right, these. Right, right. And he said, uh, so this must've been like the Emmys two years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a 20 minute thing and all these people, Will and Grace and friends. And then William Bur- Burroughs gets up there and does five minutes and Rickles is the next one right. up on the thing. And he says, well, I'll tell you what, I've been here. I've been in the business for 50 years and I've never heard that guy's name <laughs> <laughs> that's so difficult right? so just, why are we here yeah, why are we here <laughs> like whatever right but oh he's so they, good at that they were just yeah he just said he was the best of just you know being off the cuff and making johnny carson laugh yeah and, i mean you know we we've don has only been gone like uh, over just a little over yeah. a year and I think of how lucky John Stamos yeah. was to have such a close relationship yeah. with him and a tight relationship. And I remember him anyway, being roasted. It terrified me listening to you and, and soothed me at the same time. But comedy is like serious business, even though it's funny. These people... They work hours and hours yes. to come up with five minutes of entertainment, Lori. Yes! That's what scares me. I did not want to tell you the one guy who was like, yeah, you know, Rodney Dangerfield, sometimes he would work on something for six months. (laughs) I know. It's then you see Jerry Seinfeld get out there and do an hour and a half. Yeah. How does he do that? These people have been doing it their whole life. I don't have. That's what scares me, because I think that I will just. You'll be fine. Well, after I wet myself, which is going to be the first thing that's going to happen. Got to get you a whizzinator. Yeah, something. <laughs> after that happens, uh, it'll be okay. I don't know what I'm going to say. No, I no, mean we're gonna. Not. I mean, who we don't. But hours, six months on us for five minutes. I mean, come on. Well, and the, the way they go and hone their comedy thing by kind of just popping up at out of the way yeah. uh, things. You know, they do. I'm gonna you do should, it at the Super America gas station pump. Louis Anderson. Anderson and ask him to help me. Well, just give like ask him what his three best ed, uh, words of advice are for a one-time stand-up comic. Okay, I think I will. Yeah, or yeah. we'll tweet him or yeah. something. But I mean, he would. I think. Yeah, I'm so glad you're doing that. Oh, not me. Yeah. <laughs> no. You're getting a buy on this one, but you're getting the next one. All right. Listen, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Have a great night.